course, Noah had, had a heck of a job, really. He, he had to go out and collect all of the animals in the world by twos, two mosquitoes, male or female. <laughs> and uh, he had to keep telling the rabbits, only two, only two, only two. So we find Noah pulling up the last two animals, two hippos, and he's really in a hurry to get them up because he's afraid that the Lord's gonna call him and ask him to do something else, and his nerves are shot. This is one heck of a job for a man 600 years old. So we find him pulling up the last two hippos, and of course the Lord does call him there. Come on, fat hippos, hurry up. Come on, will you please? Noah. What? <laughs> what do you want? You gotta take one of those hippos out and bring in another one. What for? Because you got two males down there and you need to bring in a female. I'm not bringing nothing in. You change one of them. <laughs> Come on, you know I don't work like that. Yeah, well, I'm sick and tired of this. I've had enough of this stuff. I've been working all day, working on for days and days. I'm sick and tired of this. Noah? Yeah? How long can you tread water? <laughs> I'm sick and tired of this whole mess. If I have done, the whole neighborhood's out there laughing at me. You're all having a grand time at good old Noah there. I went out and got my best friend, Larry. I said, Larry, listen, I've been talking with the Lord. Larry said, oh, really? I said, yeah, yeah, listen. <laughs> Lord, Larry, Larry, Lord, you walked off there laughing. I hear them all up there laughing at me. You know I'm the only guy in this neighborhood with an ark? People around there laughing, picket signs, walking up and down. I'm sick and tired of this stuff here. People are walking around there. How you doing, Tarzan? How's everything up there? Sick and tired of this mess here. You're supposed to know all and see all. You let me go out there and bring in a pregnant elephant. You give me no manual for delivery and nothing. Never told me the thing was pregnant. There's good old Noah waiting underneath the elephant there. Broom, right on top of the You're supposed to know all and see all. Like I said before, you let me go out there and do all this stuff here. You never even looked in the bottom of that ark. Have you looked down there? No. Who's going to clean up that mess down there? That's me. I'll tell you that. I've had enough of this stuff. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm letting all these animals out, and then I'm going to burn down this ark, and I'm going to Florida somewhere because you haven't done nothing. I'm sick and tired of all this mess. You're pulling around, and you haven't done nothing except as you got it raining. It's not a shower, is it? Okay, Lord, me and you, right? Because I knew all the time everything was like We're going to stay in Genesis chapter 6, and uh, we're just going to read verses 5 through 9 tonight. And uh, so here it says, The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become, and that every indication of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. The Lord was grieved when he had made, that he had made man on the earth, and his heart was filled with pain. So the Lord said, I will wipe mankind who I have created from the face of the earth, men and animals and creatures that move along the ground, and birds of the air, for I am grieved that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. This is the account of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked with God. Now, we know that all of men were evil, right? It just said that, verse 5. The whole human race is all jacked up. It's a bunch of messed up people. Now, here's the question. Was Noah a human? Noah was an elf? Where is that in the Bible? No, he didn't. He didn't live forever. He survived the flood. He didn't live forever. 
Yes, Noah was a human. Not a trick question. The simple yes or no question. Yes, Noah was indeed a human. Now, if all the humans are evil, what does that mean that Noah was? Noah's evil too, okay? Noah is broken just like everybody else was. And that's actually one of the things that the Noah movie gets right. It gets a lot of stuff wrong, uh, but it does get one thing right where it talks about how Noah realizes at one point that he is also evil like all the other people. Now, Noah takes it too far. He decides that means that everybody should die. He tries to kill his own family. Um, It gets a little bit weird. That's not the biblical part. But the part where Noah realizes that he is evil is probably legit because Noah was a human, and we know that the whole human race was evil. And so the difference between Noah and everybody else, though, is in verse 9. Okay, it's not that he was less evil necessarily, but it says this. It says that he walked faithfully with God. Because even though Noah was sinful just like everybody else, he had a relationship with God. This is something else the movie did manage to get right, uh, at least at the beginning, because they talk about how everybody else in the movie they call God the creator, and Noah is like the only one who's still trying to honor the creator. He's still... um, He still has that relationship and his family. And so everybody else is just totally jacked up and evil. But he, even though he's not perfect, he does have relationship with God. And so it's not Noah's perfection that earned him salvation. It's not because he was perfect because he wasn't. He was a human. Um, But he got salvation. The reason he got to build the ark and he got his, him and his family got to be saved is because he uh, was walking with God. So it doesn't have to do with perfection. It has to do with relationship with God. Now, I think the problem with uh, many churches is that we get stuck in that first part of the story, that everybody is evil story. There's a lot of churches nowadays um, that are preaching uh, just that first part where everybody's evil, and they tell, and they preach, you know, you're bad and you need Jesus, which is true. Okay, and Ephesians 2, 1 through 3, it says this. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Man, and there's some churches that just love to preach this kind of stuff. You know, you suck and you need Jesus. Everybody's bad and we all need Jesus, which is true, but if you just talk about that part, you're kind of missing the rest. Because yes, it's true, you're bad and you need Jesus, but after we meet Jesus, it becomes you're made new and you still need Jesus, okay? You know, sometimes we might complain about where God has us, okay? Like in that little audio clip, you know, we might not always like um, what it is that we're going through. We may not like the situation we're in, but, but we know that if we're in God's will, it's in his plan, and his plan for us is good, right? Jeremiah 29, 11, 12, and 13, all that kind of stuff. And so even though we have these bad times, and that's where we get into that, man, I must deserve this. We're going through something like, man, this is because I'm bad. This is that uh, Ephesians 2, 1 through 3 part. You know, man, I screwed up, and that's why I'm going through this really hard time. That's not necessarily the case. Sometimes we do have to earn the con- we do our, our own consequences. But, man, sometimes God's trying to purify us. He's trying to teach us something, you know? And so we can't get stuck in that you're bad and you need Jesus part. Because while it's true, that's not the end. Because the rest of this next couple of verses in Ephesians 2 says this. Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. See, Noah was evil just like everybody else. Right? We know that. Noah was certainly not perfect. He had his problems. 
Um, but because he had a relationship with Jesus or with God, God showed him grace that he didn't really deserve, but God gave him grace, and that's why he got to be saved. So we have to remember that, yes, we were bad, okay? Everybody born sinful, we're born a sin, with a sin nature, and, uh, and, and that's the way it is. We can't stop that. We can't change it, okay? But when we, uh, when we meet Jesus, we start that relationship, we have to move into that new life. And I think, especially as Christians, man, it's so easy for us to get stuck in, oh, well, I have anger issues, or well, I struggle with this sin, or I have laziness issues, or, you know, whatever our, whatever the, the biggest thing that we might struggle with, or that we did before we met Jesus, we tend to keep it, even after we meet Jesus sometimes. We tend to hang on to it. Okay, it might even be something like self-esteem issues. You know, nobody loves me. I'm not good enough. You know, God said, you're made new. You're alive now. You were dead, but you're alive. You don't have to identify with that trait anymore and yet we do too much we tend to stick into that that part and we tend to remember that and we tend to allow that to control us and and we and and we just say well that's just the way I am you know oh yeah oh you know he he's just naturally angry you know he just that's just how he is or or she you know she just naturally uh, is a gossip, you know, whatever it may be. We tend to just identify with that and allow that con- to continue to have uh, authority in our lives. But, but God has told us that there's more than that. He said, no, that was the old you, but there's new you. What's the, oh, I didn't write this one down, but uh, it, it's in Romans. Um, I can't remember the reference right now, but do not be, do not then conform to the pattern of this world, but be what? transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? So we have this old way of doing things, and yet sometimes even after we meet Jesus, we continue to allow those old things to, to be our habit. What is it? It's Roman 12 too? Is that what it is? Okay, yeah. Um, and so we continue to allow those things to, to, to control us and to, to have dominion and authority in our lives. But... That's not what we were created for. We were created for so much more, like what Audrey was talking about earlier. You know, we were given a purpose. And you guys are placed on your campuses or you're placed in your teams or in your whatever, whatever group you're in, you're placed there to make a difference. And it's so easy for us to be like, okay, yeah, they know me as the Christian kid, um, but there's nothing else different. Other than that, I'm just like everybody else. I have the same anger issues. I have the same gossip issues. I have the same whatever, you know, uh, talking back to the teacher issues. I have the same whatever, you know, and so, but God has called us to more than that. He's called us to transform our mind by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, You know, the other verse that comes to mind, you're like, okay, well, how does that work? Whatsoever is good, whatsoever is noble, whatsoever is pure, think, you know, whatsoever is, is upright. Think on these things. We have to allow our, we have to control our minds and our thoughts, and it's really hard. I understand, trust me, I still have to make an effort. It doesn't really get easy. To, to control those kind of things. The devil still is, the devil knows where we struggle and he never stops knowing that. And, you know, y'all know some of my biggest uh, pratfalls in the past and some of my biggest um, issues. And the devil still tries to tempt me with those things. You know, the devil still tries to put things in front of me that are going to cause me to, uh, you know, to, to waver to one side or the other. But these scriptures, Ephesians 2, 4, and 5, uh, you know, and Romans 12 too, these kind of things are the way that we change and we allow ourselves not to get stuck in that old way of living because there's too many Christians who got saved and then stopped. They met Jesus and then they, then they never quit growing. They say, I, I heard this stat or I don't know if it's even a stat, but it's a 
It's a thing I heard that the average Christian stops maturing and stops growing in Jesus after three years of knowing him. So imagine you were born, and at the age of three, you just quit growing, right? And you lived 35, you lived 70 more years like a three-year-old. That'd be awkward and weird. But too many Christians do that. They meet Jesus, they're really excited, and, and for the first couple of years, yeah, man, they're all about it, you know, and they're studying the Word, and, they're, and you know, maybe they get baptized in the Holy Spirit, whatever it may be. But then at some point, they just stop. And they get out of the Word, and, they, and they, wherever they were, that's where they are. And they haven't moved. And they could keep going to church. They might keep tithing. And on, on the surface, they're still a good Christian. But, and they are a good Christian, but they're a good three-year-old Christian. And they're not a good 20-year-old Christian or, you know, 10-year-old Christian or whatever it may be. So we have to, we can't get stuck back where we started. Yes, man, we, you got that relationship with Jesus. That is awesome. And, you know, that is something that we, we love and we want that to be the case. But it, that's not the end. That's the beginning, right? That's the beginning of a new life. John 10, 10, Jesus said, the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you life and give it more abundant, give it to the full. And so we have this situation where, Jesus wants to give us this whole brand new life, and we're just drinking 10% of it, you know? It's like, a, what's your favorite candy? What's your favorite candy, Shaylee? What, what specific, what's your favorite candy bar? Hershey's. Like Kisses or the Hershey bar? The Hershey bar. What about you, man? What's your favorite? Or your favorite food, whatever it may be. It doesn't have to be candy. I'm going to ask everybody. So everybody have their answer ready. Ice cream, what's your, what's your favorite flavor? Strawberry ice cream. What about you, Audrey? Kit Kats? Angela, what's your favorite food? You know, okay, I'll come back to you. Turkey? You like turkey? What about you, Tommy? Heath bar? Moon pies? Man, be more redneck, Harley. What about you? What's your favorite food? Kit Kat? Audrey, you got another Kit Kat lover here? She's, she's all about the Kit Kat there. So imagine this. Imagine somebody gave you a whole plate of your favorite food. Right? For me, I'm a, I'm a red meat guy, so it's like burgers or steak, you know, a really great steak or something like that. Um, but you just ate, like, the first little slice of it and then left the rest to sit there and get cold or get bad or to melt or whatever. To melt, right, if you're chocolate, you know. Right? How, how mad would you be if your friend did that? Like, if your friend had a plate of your favorite food and they had, like, two bites of it and then left it all to go to ruin, you'd be mad, right? Like, today I had a cookie off the floor because I didn't want to go to waste. Like... You know, I did. That happened like an hour ago. Uh, you know, more than that. But anyways, you know, we don't want those things. But that's exactly what happens sometimes is God says, I came to give you this life to the full, but you're still stuck back here in this old way. You haven't walked fully into the new life that, that I want to give you. You're still stuck back here in, the, in just this 10%. All you're getting is this little chunk, and there's so much more than that. There's so much more than that. And so that's my challenge to you guys tonight is don't get stuck just enjoying the 10%. You know, don't get stuck in the old way. You see, the end of the story of Noah, we know it, is that, you know, of course, they have the flood and everything perishes. And then, and then when they land back on land, what does God send? The sign? Yeah. A rainbow, right? And the rainbow was the sign that he would never flood the earth again. And, and, of course, Noah begins a new life. He sacrifices to God, and he begins the new life. And that's a, the, the, the flood story is a, 
It's kind of a metaphor, an analogy for our salvation. We have this old life. It's full of evil. But then Jesus wipes it clean because that's what a flood does. A flood cleanses. Okay, the flood cleansed the earth. And so then there was this new life that began. And too often, man, we get stuck in the pre-flood days. Just like Noah, where we have relationship with God. You know, it says Noah walked faithfully with God. You know, we talked about that. Verse 9. But we stop there. We don't get the cleansing and the new birth and the new mind and the new heart and the new desires and the new, and the new, uh, you know, the new way of living. We start the process and then we stop. It's like playing the first, it's like running the first 10 meters of a 100 meter dash and stopping. That's what you would do? Well, I'm not athletic, so I mean... I'm with you on the running thing, but that's why I used the food analogy earlier. You know, some of us get the food analogy. Some of us get the athletic one. Some get both. But uh, so that's the challenge to you guys tonight is don't get stuck pre-flood. Okay, yes, walk with God faithfully like Noah did pre-flood, but allow the cleansing to happen and allow your life to be made new. It's super easy for us to get stuck in the old, but we have to remember that there's more to life than that. There's more to life uh, Yes, I was thinking that too. <laughs> and oh, maybe not. Maybe you're thinking a different song than I am. But uh, I'm thinking Stephen Curtis Chapman. But uh, we'll talk. Yeah, we'll, we'll have that later. I was about to quote it and see if anybody noticed it. But anyways, uh, we get stuck in this old way. And let's not do that. Let's allow the story of Noah, the whole story of Noah, to, to be an analogy for our lives where, yes, we have the old way where even though we're sinful, we're trying to walk with God. But allow God to cleanse us each day and allow something new to happen in our lives. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for the students who are here. And I pray for those that aren't God, that whatever is going on in their lives would go well. Lord, that uh, um, God, just that they would be safe. And again, we pray for, for Montana and, and her body, just that she would be healthy and that there would not be any, uh, any issues or or, or any long-standing issues with whatever she's fighting right now. And, and God, I just pray that we would not get comfortable stuck where we are. That we would not uh, be okay with just having the minimum, but that we would seek after that life to the full, that life abundant that you have promised us and that you came to give, God, and that, that we would seek after that and we would allow it to take over, that we would allow our hearts and minds to be transformed by your power, that we would allow our desires to be made like yours and our thoughts to be made like yours. And above all, that we as a whole would become more like you, God, that we would love like you did, and we would uh, be bold like you were, and we would have power like you had, and, and God, just that, that we would walk in the fullness of the relationship that you have called us to, and not just the 10%, not just the first part of the race, God, but that we would run the whole thing, and that we would eat the whole plate of goodness that you have for us. God, and we would walk in that and we would allow that to, to overwhelm us and we would allow your goodness to be evident in our lives. And God, I just pray right now that that, that would take over and that your goodness and your love for those around us would shine through us, that we would not be uh, the same as everybody else, but that there would be a difference, that people would be able to see the difference between us and them and that they would be able to see the difference between, uh, um, God, between the way that you have called us to live in the way that the world lives. 
And Lord, I just pray that we would make a difference in our in the schools that are represented here and, and in every other group of people, God, over these last couple of weeks of school and as we head into the summer, that you, above all, would have the authority and we would be that difference to those around us, God. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, and we love you because you have good plans for us. And, uh, and it's in your name we pray. Amen.